Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, busiest day I've had in over a year, busiest week I've had in over a year. I'm actually getting out into the world a little bit, uh, which is big for me, you know. I um, do know. I do know. I'm excited <laughs> for you. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it, it's been a very interesting week, very interesting day, as I said. And uh, But we didn't have a podcast last week because you were out of town on a little vacation. And right. I'm excited to hear. We both have some stories to tell. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about over the la- from the last two weeks here. So let's get right into it. I want to hear how your trip to Las Vegas went. All right. So we went to Vegas. Uh, they were, I think they were like 50% capacity, which, um, I mean, there was a pretty decent amount of people there, but, uh, it was, it was, uh, I tell you what, I, uh, I had one night that I stayed up till like four o'clock in the morning, sitting at a blackjack table, uh, only ended up down like 40 bucks, but eventually I fell asleep at the blackjack table. And that was when I knew it was time to stand up and go, uh, <laughs> Other other than that, I got to tell you, dude, the one thing I came out of Vegas is there's a lot of bums. They are everywhere. By bums, you mean homeless people, right? Homeless people. Okay. Sleeping in the middle of the street, sleeping in the middle of the sidewalk where you walk, just sprawled out all the way across the sidewalk. You like step over them. It was Ridiculous. There was one homeless dude that just wore spandex, big fat guy wore spandex and a Mexican a luchador wrestling mask. And he just stood there and if you took a picture of him, he tried to get money from you. Uh it was there was a we were at a we were in a little one of the casinos walking around. There's a little food court area, and one one guy comes in and just starts screaming at the top of his lungs because they wouldn't give him a free hot dog at Nathan's. Go. <laughs> Can't give a bum a hot dog, and he's screaming throughout. We just walked all throughout this like all the casinos are like malls, basically. Huh. There's a casino area, and then it's just a giant mall. Every one of them. So, dude, just screaming, and like everybody's like, "What is going on?" And apparently, the dude does it all the time because the people that work there were just laughing and like egging him on. And oh my gosh, it is. It was crazy. That's I got. There was a lot of that. The best story, though, the best one. So we go down for brunch one day, and we're sitting in this little cafe deal thing, and and I gotta drop a deuce. So I get up, go drop a deuce, and as I'm sitting there, I notice that the dude next to me, I can see his feelers. Right, he had some dirty white feelers, really dirty, and his foot was way out, like by the door. So he wasn't pooping. He was like sitting in there. And all of a sudden, that foot slid right under the partition into my side of the of the pooper. His whole foot was in my stall. So I took a video of it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> sat, sat there with had a video of the guy in there. Best part is that was before we ever got food or anything. It was before we even sat down. I go back out there. They're already sitting down. We eat. I get up afterwards. I got to pee. Go in. Dude is still in there. So now I realize it was a bum. He just went into one of the casino bathrooms and just sprawled out and took a nap. Oh, so he was sleeping in there. So he was sleeping in the stall. He had to get, you know, it's a little warmer in there, a little cooler, I guess, because it was 98 degrees out there. 
Wow. Yeah, I had a, I had me a lot of, a nice dirty piece of feet, a nice dirty pair, dirty pair of feelers hanging out in my stall while I was dropping a deuce. I was, it was so great. I wanted to untie his shoes so bad. <laughs> could you see him? Could you see his body? Lay, was he laying on the floor? No, 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 no. He was sitting on the toilet. Oh, okay, okay. But his pants weren't down or nothing because there was. I mean, you could tell that just by because I could see his whole pants and foot over in my stall pant leg halfway wow. up his leg yeah lots of bums dude lots are everywhere they don't like ask you for money or nothing a couple of them might have did there's one dude trying to sing but other than that they don't really do a lot of that stuff it's not, they're not like begging for money or anything they just kind of sit there and they're all crazy it's that was the one thing one thing i took away from it now speaking well, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was going to say, so there, so some of them are actually trying to work for money a little bit, right? I mean, put on a wrestling outfit or sing. He did, yeah. Or, the guy that was singing like that. said the same two things over and over. Uh, if you, if you want me to shut, if you want me to shut up, then give me a buck or something like that. That's what he was singing. And then, uh, I don't know, there was something else. He just kept saying the same two lines over and over again. Uh, but that was that was basically it. Most of them were just standing around, just hammered out of their minds. They just walk around and drink. So they got like bottles of of rum and vodka, and they're just one dude. It was so great. Dude comes out of Walgreens and he's got a six pack of like wine or something, like cans of wine. Six and he sits down next to this. He sits down next to this other bum, and he's like, "Check it out!" And he throws it down. And the guy's like, "Oh." Man, you got some. And he goes, stop reading it. Just open the damn thing. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, that's the place to go. If you're uh if you're homeless, I gotta think, man, because people are down there and, and people I'll bet are drinking a lot and spending money, and you get into that thing and you and you you see a guy and he asks you for or although you know if they're not asking for money, but still you see somebody that might need some or whatever. Sweet. Another good one. Here you go. So this is it. So you're drinking, right? Everybody's drinking, but you can walk up and down the streets and drink and do whatever you want. Dude was in the garbage can grabbing every drink in the gar- that whatever drink was in the garbage can. If it was canned, even if it was crushed or anything like that, he'd grab it and try to finish whatever was in everything oh. that was in there. And then oh. threw it back in. He was drinking the drinks that were in the garbage can. Oh. Like the saliva at the end or whatever. Oh. Yeah. Dude was just pounding whatever was in there. He didn't care. He just he just needed a drink. <sighs> Sleeping in the bathroom and drinking the end of other people's drinks out of the garbage can. That was mean, crazy, dude. People watching down there is no joke. That is no joke. You can sit okay. there and just people watch all day. Okay. So on that note, you've had quite a few walks since we've uh, last met. I feel like that should bring us into our what is usually the first, the first uh, series of the podcast, which is walking stories with Crack a Thug. So, all right, I've been noticing there are a ton of childcare places around town. All right, and, and I don't know if it's like this in other cities, but more, the more I walk around and the more I drive around. I see more of these things because 
it must be really easy to open your own childcare or daycare. People have them, people just do them in their house. People just like run them out of their house. It's a business, but it must not take much uh, because they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. So the Ohio Department of Education and the Ohio uh, Department of Jobs and Family Services combined to, to make this this thing it's called uh it's called step up to quality it's this rating system for daycare services right mm -hmm. um and, and the explanation quickly is uh it recognizes and promotes learning and development programs uh that meet quality program standards that exceed licensing health and safety regulations i feel like none of that made sense but um basically it's just it, it's just like if you're meeting the expectations and then doing anything above at all, you get some uh, between one and five stars. The thing is, so I'm seeing these and they make you a banner. They make you a banner and a sign to hang outside your place. If you, if you get one of these things. So I see the five stars, some four stars, seeing a few three stars. I think I've seen, I think I've seen one, two star, but wow. I've seen a, but I've seen, I saw the other day, a one-star banner. Somebody hung it up. Somebody they hung, hung up their one-star one banner. Child care service banner <laughs> outside their building or house, I think. Oh, a one-star. That's star. so great. That's, that's low. Mm, <laughs> um, that is so low. It just, I don't know. That just made me laugh because I'm, I'm seeing these things pop up all over the place. And I'm walking by, I'm like, okay, three stars. I don't even know if I'd hang that one, to be honest with you, but <laughs> I don't know what you got to do to get a four or five star, but I don't know if it's, if I could open a daycare tomorrow out of my house, which seems like would be possible. Absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to get five stars, educate the kids or whatever, do some sort of build some sort of learning program. Um, and that seems like it would, it would be all you need, but Anyway, that was my big thing from uh, the last couple of weeks is I saw a one-star banner hung outside is, of the uh, – That the is air. legit. How bad how bad are you that you hang up a one-star banner? I want to go in there and see what it looks like inside. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just <sighs> I got to think filthy – if you've ever seen, you ever seen the, uh, the Pursuit of Happiness, the movie with Will Smith? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he sends his kid to that daycare, and she like they, she's got him watching TV. That his kid knows about <laughs> Love Boat and stuff all day. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> she's got I don't know I I forget. He walked in there and complained like about three things right away. He's like, can you at least put the dog upstairs or something? <laughs> just have like animals <laughs> rowing around and the TV's on. And anyway, I feel like it's got to be like that, but maybe even worse. Anyway, that was uh <clears throat> that was my walking story. The one other thing, something happened to me pretty funny today. I wanted to tell you about, I'm driving to work and yeah. I get, I get one of, you know, three or four phone calls a day that are a, a number that I don't recognize. And it's all recordings about, you know, different things. We've talked about it, I think before in here, yeah. you know, your, your vehicle warranty is expired, you know, and stuff like that. So this one, I went, I usually don't answer them once in a while I do. Went ahead and answered this one today. All I'm doing is driving to work anyway. It is a some sort of 
senior healthcare service thing. Whoa, nice. Yeah. So, and, and, and the funny thing is, so they, they've kind of caught on to, they know that people are, uh, are not answering these robot calls and stuff anymore. So what they've done now is they, I think they hire voice actors to pretend to do a recording, but pretend like they're having a conversation with you. And it's, it's like this whole thing. And it's like, because it knows it recognizes your response and yeah. gives you a new one. Yeah. That was one of these. So it's, it says, uh, like I said, hello and pause for a second and then, Oh, hello. Can you hear me? That's what it said. And I, <laughs> you got to be careful. Don't say yes. Don't oh. ever say yes to those people. I heard that they can do these things on those things. They like record your voice saying yes and then they do something and then if you try to take them to court or whatever they're like we called him and here's here's the recording we asked him this and here's his is that your voice yeah it's you saying yes oh. i heard something about that once all right well i've made that mistake several times but <laughs> including including today so she so then she goes then she's like sounds like she's having a real conversation with you so it sounds like a real person but by this time i kind of get the idea if they're really there or not so, exactly you can tell hey this is mary from uh from you know senior healthcare services or whatever our our records indicate uh that you may be eligible for supplemental healthcare in- insurance nice as a as a senior of course as a senior yeah you gotta you gotta, you gotta supplement that medicare man you gotta get that that's, a and b that's right so She's so then she says, uh, can you confirm your age? And I said, 39. <laughs> told the truth, told the truth to the robot. And exactly. she says, and then she says, uh, can you repeat that? And, said, <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, okay, they're gonna know, they're gonna hear 39, and I want to know what happens when yeah, now I only know what her response is when I'm not a senior. So I said again, 39 and I'm listening and I realized they hung up on me. <laughs> they just hang up. If you're not, I guess they just call everybody. And if you're not 65 or whatever, oh, bye. So great. So anyway, I got I got I was thinking like, man, I'm, I'm really feeling my age lately and I'm, I'm going to be 40 in nine months. And I'm like, gosh, man, I'm starting to think about it. And then I get this. Makes call. you feel better now. They want to give me some Medicare or whatever. And uh, yeah. But feeling better about yourself now, though. Not eligible. That's right, baby. You know who else is not eligible for Medicare? Who's that? Russell Westbrook. Indeed, he is not. He's only 32 years old. 32 years old, lots of uh, basketball left in him, lots of triple doubles to go, but he became the leader in triple doubles for a career. The best part about this is the people he passed up didn't even know when they were playing that they were the leader of, <laughs> of triple doubles. Oscar Robertson, they didn't come out with the stat until like 15 years after he had retired from the NBA. So he never even really knew what he had done while he was playing. That being said, congratulations to Russell Westbrook. This has been a weird few days. I've been listening to some radio. There's a lot of people. You know, Russ is kind of a polarizing guy, right? Because he's been to a lot of places, played with a lot of good players, Have not has not really ever won much of anything in the playoffs, especially since he left Oklahoma City. 
Uh, I think he's won, what they say, something like three playoff games or something. I may even be, not even be that many since he's left Oklahoma City. So, um, or maybe not Oklahoma, maybe not since he left Oklahoma City, but maybe since Kevin Durant was, I can't remember. Anyway, however that stat goes, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they somehow found a way to make this unbelievable thing that he's done into why is Russell Westbrook not a great teammate? Why is his style of play not conducive to the NBA? The triple-double is an amazing feat that, that a lot of people, if they're close, their team will let them get a rebound or you know let them put an extra shot up just to try to get that triple-double. Russ does it by halftime most of the time. Yeah. So explain to us, Adam, as a basketball connoisseur, basketball coach, high school basketball coach, a, a person that gets to see a lot of basketball, how impressive is what Russ, what Russ has done? As impressive as anything else in the game. I mean, he's not he's not going to get credit uh, for this like he would if he was winning championships. If he was winning championships, he would he'd be probably talked about as one of the best players ever or definitely of the, of this era. And he should be definitely of this era for sure. He is one of the best players in this era. And, um, but he he's like, you said, I mean, you already said it. It's, he hasn't won a lot in the playoffs. Hasn't even made the playoffs a ton, to be honest with you. And to, you know, after Durant left, OKC, that let that next year, I think he Russ, carried them on his back and that was I think that was the first year he averaged a triple double and he got them into the playoffs I don't think they won a, a series or anything but um but he was so good that year and then for the next this is a, this is the fourth year everybody was talking about so growing up I you know you always heard oh my gosh uh, Oscar Robertson's the only player to ever average a triple double throughout an entire season you're like oh my gosh I can't, can't even imagine that. That's that's mind-blowing. This year is the fourth year that Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple-double. Um, so that should tell you it, it was that big. I mean, for 40 years, that was not, you know, nobody else had done what Oscar Robertson had done, averaging a triple-double for a season. And then you think about Magic Johnson, all the triple-doubles he's had, Jason Kidd, the guys who you think of as the best, that the, the the guys that got triple doubles or that averaged, you know, 18, eight and eight, or, you know, guys that mm-hmm. nightly you were seeing, okay, he was an assist away from a triple double or a rebound away from guys that almost had a ton and did have a bunch. Russell Westbrook blew by those guys. And then beat because Oscar Robertson was, it's uh, like 43 or something like that more, triple doubles than the second place guy who's magic johnson and russ is past everybody now past oscar it's cool to see the uh the relationship that those two have kind of formed recently yeah because uh, oscar really likes russ and he's really supported supported him and he was like i'm ready for him to break it that's great you know mm-hmm. and, and and uh they seem to have a lot of mutual respect there but um but yeah to answer your question it's and i'm a guy who you know, all my life has been like probably put more value on the triple double than it's really worth, to be honest with you, because Russ is getting plenty of triple doubles and losses too. But, oh yeah. 
you know, and that happens that, that, that happens all the time. Um, but it, the one, still, the one that broke the record, they lost, they lost. He missed and a three pointer. He missed a three pointer that would have won the game. It's exactly what, it, and it was a, it was a questionable shot, questionable shot selection. It was an open shot. So it wasn't awful. And he was, he, he, he was coming down the floor with five or six seconds left in the game. They, you know, did chose not to call a timeout, which I'm fine with because Russ is the best in the game at going full speed and just blowing by everybody and getting to the rim. And that's what I was hoping you would do. Unfortunately, they had, it was like a, they had like a two on four. The Hawks were almost all back and they were kind of like closing in on him. They kind of forced, I think he could have early gone up the middle of the floor and, and tried to make a play. He kind of went to the right side and, and they were kind of like keeping him on that right side, basically. So he, he took the shot. He took the three. Now that's where that comes in, where people for a long time have talked about he's hard to play with. Not necessarily he's a bad teammate, but he's just hard to play with um, because of his shot selection. He's not, he's never turned into a great shooter. He's made some incredible shots, mm-hmm. but overall his shooting percentage is not great. It, it never was. And he does take some questionable shots in big situations a lot of times. And that's what I think people have the biggest problem with. But aside from that, man, you can't argue with how hard I, you don't, you don't see very many guys that play as hard as he does every night, every play. I mean, he is going a hundred miles an hour and his speed probably makes it look like he's playing harder than everybody else too. And that's fine, but he's still playing <clears throat> very, very hard. I don't know if it makes it look like he, I think he really is like they talk about when you go to watch, you know, people go to see people play. Like if you go, you're going to get to see Russ play at his best because he only has one speed and it's fast. And when he's playing fast, he's playing hard. If he's not playing, if he wasn't playing fast, then he wouldn't be playing hard. So I think the fact that he always is moving so fast and the fact that he is so fast shows that he is playing hard. I agree with you. I agree. He does. You just, I I can't name anybody that I think plays harder than he does. And that alone, that makes you a really good teammate. Now you can also be a jerk, but I don't think he is. I don't, I mean, I don't feel like anybody, I don't think anybody's really said any of his former teammates has said like, I can't stand that guy. I can't stand him in the locker room and that kind of thing. Um, And and I don't know, man, He, he just, he's such a joy to watch. I, even though he's not a great shooter, but look, Giannis can't shoot the ball either. And he's one of the yep. best players in the world. And, uh, but he also has a lot of fun. He's also a fun person. Russ doesn't always look like he's having fun. He plays hard, but he, even in the locker room and stuff, he doesn't just always seem like he's having fun. Russ is serious. Russ is a pretty serious guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, but I'm, I'm really impressed. And it, like I said, he's only 32. He's in great shape. He, he looks like he's going to, he might get 250. He's at 182 right now. He might get 250, 275, 300 triple doubles before he, I don't know about that much, but I mean, he's going to put this thing so far out of reach. Yeah. There's no doubt to, to touch the game in every, not every area, but so many areas and, and like you said before, he's not getting 12, 10, and 10. He's getting in, – in a five-game sp- span, 
that got his from like four behind to breaking the record five game span. He averaged, uh, it was like 23, like 23 points, 16 and a half rebounds and 18, almost 19 assists. Yeah. He was getting, he had like three games where he had over 20 assists in that, in that span. And even if he didn't have a triple double with that, you get 20 assists in a game. That's Adam Schmidt's, whatever the opposite of a nightmare is dream it's it's a it's a it's the best dream i mean i don't know i i just love a guy that passes the ball and it's not he's not passing the ball like you know it's it's a lot of fun to watch certain guys whoops sorry uh watch certain guys pass he's not passing like jason williams he's not you know he's not making Mm -hmm. he's not flashy behind his back he's not real flashy yeah but he's so he commands so much attention when he drives the lane because he goes so hard that he forces defenses to react. They don't have, you don't have as much time to think about how you're going to defend when Russell Westbrook has the ball and he's going downhill, you have to just react. And he's good at finding those guys. He like, like LeBron, he, you know, those guys are so big and strong. They can throw bullet passes all the way across the floor and hit a guy right in the hands, ready to catch and shoot. It, it, it's so impressive. And that's the kind of, those are the kind of assists he gets and and then drawing bigs, getting past his defender, drawing a big and dropping it off to a, you know, to his post player. He just, he does it all. And I love watching him. Is Russell Westbrook going to go down as the Dan Marino, Charles Barkley kind of guy? Uh, never won a title, obviously a phenomenal player. Record after record after record, but just never won it. Will he be in that category, or is he a step below those guys? No, as I, a player, I, I think he's right there. Um, he 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 should be considered an all time great when he retires. I think there's no doubt about it. Um, I don't know if you put him in the top fifteen or twenty, or if in the top thirty or forty. I don't know where he's going to end up, but. The numbers that he puts up, the way he affects a basketball game, you you can't. I mean, you can't say that he's not up there with those guys. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's going to win a championship. He's not going to win it in Washington, at least with this team. Although they they played, they were like the almost the worst team in the league six weeks ago or something like that, and they've they've won a ton. And as soon as they got healthy, really, and they got you know Russ and Bradley Beal on the floor at the same time consistently in, in worked out their lineups and stuff, they started winning games and um, uh, it's, it's really cool. And they played their way into that play in tournament right now. You know, they, they did lose again tonight. Um, so I think they're going to have to, to do a couple things in the last few days here, the, the regular season to make sure they stay they're, in it. They're two games above the 11 seed. So I believe, I don't think it's official that they've locked it up, but with they a Chicago a loss tonight and they lost, but yeah, they're, I so, know they're close. Yeah, with a Chicago loss or a, or they won, then it would have walked up, but it is not currently in the only, yeah. Chicago is not uh, definitely out as of yet. So it sounds now, like that being said, it sounds, well, it sounds like, like either a Chicago loss or yes, a Washington win will get them. So over the next, you know, it's we're four to eight, five, four or five days away from, <laughs> the end of the regular season. So as soon as that happens, they'll be in. And that's the thing. And that, and that's, that kind of brings us to one thing I wanted to touch on real quick is this play in tournament. 
I wanted to, to get your opinion because there's a lot of opinions going on right now. And, and some people love it. Some people don't like it. Um, and, and, so, and the, I, the thing I've heard a lot lately is they, people are starting to not like it because they don't want to have to see LeBron. They don't want to have to see Steph. They don't want to have to see Russ. They don't want to have to see those guys play extra games to get into the playoffs. They just want to see them in the playoffs. And for me, well, I, I, I'll just come right out and tell you, I, I don't go along with that. It's if, if that's the way your season went, and a lot of those guys, LeBron has just missed the most games he's ever missed in his career. He's just come. I think he's coming back tonight. As a matter of fact, um, did he not? Because he could have played yesterday. He did not last play night, but he not. did not. Yeah, he was he had he was a full participant in practice the day before. So they said he was eligible, but they weren't sure if he was going to be there. So it means he'll probably be out there tonight. Yeah. So that so that's the thing is is people are upset that those guys that those superstars are going to have to play in this play-in tournament. To me, I love it. I love that they have to do that. And guess what? If the Lakers lose their first game or lose two games or whatever, and they get knocked out, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. That's the way it happened. You know what I mean? Like they, they didn't win enough games earlier in the year. And yeah, LeBron was out for a long time. AD was out for a long time while, while LeBron was out. It just, it just happens that way. And if that's the way it goes, it's the way it goes. Of course, we would all love to see those guys all in the playoffs, but that's just not the way it went. But I, and, and that's, but it's going to be fun, I think, to see them in an elimination game. Because that's when the, be, the, the best is going to come out of those guys in those games, you would think. How do you feel okay. about the play-in tournament? Well, I mean, this is the exact same as the stupid one-game wild card. This is the playoffs. We're talking about the playoffs. Why do we have to expand it to 10 teams? That you're, you're letting more than half the teams in the playoffs now. There was already more than half the teams in the NBA in the playoffs. Why do we have to make it three quarters of the teams? No, that's, you're not, there's no, you, you're making the regular season worth even less than it already was. And in the NBA, people have been talking about that forever with load management and bull crap like that. This is exactly like the one game stupid thing they did in the wild card. There's no point to have it. It's the playoffs. If you're in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs. If you're not in the playoffs, you're not in the playoffs. Put the eight teams in. Right now it would be – right now Steph and LeBron would be in. They'd have to play the top two seeds, which would be Utah and Phoenix as of right now. Actually, I think those two teams are locked in as one-two. But it just is – What? The, why, why do we have to have – a one that's not these the playoffs in baseball and the playoffs in basketball are a series they've been a series for a very long time one game elimination games are the stupidest things in the world for the playoffs if you made the playoffs you made the playoffs if you didn't make the playoffs sorry tough luck you didn't make the playoffs care if your best player was hurt or not it just didn't happen then let then that team's in the playoffs. I hate these one game playoffs. I know you're always talking about game seven uh, elimination games. It's just another elimination game. No, no, it's stupid. There is no reason for the San Antonio Spurs to be playing for a chance to be in the playoffs when they're thirty when they're below five hundred. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for any of the 
that you could even go with just about any of the seven through 10 seeds being able to, every one of every one except Boston is under 500. So if you can't win half your games, you shouldn't be in the playoffs anyway. My personal opinion. So then I would, that makes me believe that you would think that they need to eliminate the Eastern conference and Western conference thing. Right. I think we talked about this the last couple of years. Absolutely. Too. I don't know why they, I mean, no, I, I don't know about that. Why? I am all about, I'm good with East and West, right? That's more of a travel thing and who you're going to play the most. That's a, there's, there's something to that. But at the same time, I'm totally down for once we get to the playoffs, reseeding. You can have an East and a West and really the East and the West for me, for me is breaking down where you're playing at right so it 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 just makes there's going to be an uneven amount of teams that you play it's going to happen so you make the uneven amount teams in your in your conference now if you want to just say there's an nba and we just take the top 16 teams i'm i'm in for that too if you can figure out a way to make the games even and figure out a way to make the travel not as extensive because as soon as you start making these teams travel more, they're going to want more days off and the season gets longer and all kinds of crazy stuff starts happening. So it all depends on how you want to do it. If you want to do an East and a West and reseed it when it comes down, I'm totally good with that. If you want to make it one NBA and just have straight one through 16, I'm good with that. I hate one game that decides if you make a turn, make a, make the playoffs or not. That's ridiculous. Well, now the, the play-in tournament is weighted for the, the teams that are finished seventh and eighth. Because if you – so the, those two teams play each other, seventh and eighth seed play each other. The winner of that game is in as the seventh seed. And then the, that, the loser of that game plays the winner of the nine and ten seeds. And then – They have, they have they two that, chances. So right. eight has two chances to be – Seven eight has two chances to be in the playoffs. And if you're I nine mean, that's 10, good. you have to win two straight games. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that they make it a little bit easier, but it's still not a playoff series. You go, it's like, I don't know, it's extra games for no reason. You're playing extra games, which players already hate playing as many games as they play. They're load managing all the time. It's extra games for zero reason. There's no reason for those. Why do we need 20 out of 32 teams bidding for a place in the playoffs when 16 out of 32 is already too many? It, it, it just makes the end of the season, the regular season games, that much more exciting for more teams. I mean, it's, it's it just, four teams, three teams, really. It get, yeah. I mean, for well, but for, for more than that, because the. I mean, Boston's not going anyway. Boston's in seventh. Right? They have no chance either way, no matter what happens to them. They're, they're either going to be in seventh or they're going to be in seventh. So they're playing in that tournament no matter what. Okay. So, but they, they're, so then they know that they're going to have to play in that tournament. So the last few games, they're trying to win. If they can, if there's any way they can catch that six seed, they there's have not. incentive. Okay. Well, I mean, in that case, then fine. But you got to make sure you don't slip to the nine seed too. I mean, so you they still can't. To... They're two games up on the nine seed and three I... games back on the six. Okay, at th- at this point, so back it up a week. I don't know what it looked like a week ago, 
Sure. It, it, it means something then. And, but same thing for the 11 and 12 seeds. If they're within a couple of games. Yeah, if they're within a couple of games of the 10 seed, those those teams as well are still playing for are st- still playing meaningful games. It it eliminates more of the it eliminates more of what happens in the NBA a, a lot more than any other league, which is tanking or whatever you want to call it to get that lower seed. The teams that aren't really you know, that are sitting out their stars for whatever slight injury they may have to try to tank when you get more teams playing to try to get into this. Okay. I get it. I still don't like it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I love it. You don't like it. That's okay. You know what I do love Adam? What do you love? Well, first off, before we go any further, I just want to let everybody know that there is no comedy segment this week. If you've been listening this whole time for the comedy segment, uh, we did not get to listen to Cam. Help me out. Bertrand. Cam Bertrand. Um, We are going to listen to it, and we will do it next week. Promise it's in. That being said, one thing that I love about the NBA, one thing I love about – Major League Baseball, the NFL, one of my favorite things of all sporting events. We've had this conversation a few times. I love standing up, taking my hat off, and singing the national anthem. Another thing that I love more than anything is trying to be the person that can be doing something silly the longest, such as uh, if a long clap is going on, like at a wedding, to continue to clap and be the last one to clap. That's one of my favorite things to do. Well, our friend Alex Blandino for the Cincinnati Reds, apparently for the whole season, has been making sure that he was the last player standing on the line or outside the line after the national anthem was over. This was caught by video cameras, video cameras, movie cameras, whatever you want to call them. This was caught by the cameras of major league baseball and uh, a fella by the name of what's his name, Adam, give me the Pittsburgh pirates. Luis, Luis Oviedo. Luis Oviedo wanted to give Alex Blandino a run for his money. So he stood out there and would not leave until Alex Blandino left. First off, Alex Blandino won this way before it was over. Number one, because that dude was just doing it. He didn't know what he was really doing. He was standing out there laughing, talking to his teammates. Alex Blandino stood straight up, had across his chest, and didn't move. He was ready to go. And uh, Oviedo finally gave in after they both players had been told by the umpire to get into their dugout. Oviedo finally gave in. And Blandino bowed, took a bow. After the game, they asked Blandino about it, and he says, this is my favorite thing. I know we're 16-6, and six, but in my book, we're 32-0 and 0 on anthems right now. <laughs> Love it. This is baseball. This is having fun. Now, that all being said, I'm going to go back to being so upset with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball puts this on their Twitter, this video on their Twitter with some kind of laughing thing. And it was funny, like a funny thing they put on it. After the game, the office of the commissioner 
of baseball sent a note to the Reds manager, David Bell, and said, this will not happen anymore. Why does baseball consistently have to be the biggest hypocrite in the world? Why can they put out there that this is so hilarious and fun and then turn around and tell the Reds that they cannot do this anymore? The kid, the dude's just having some fun out there. What, what's the big deal? Uh, yeah, it, it was, it was fun. I think once they're ready to start the game, I understand because the umpires were like, okay, you had your fun. It's time to start the game. We're not waiting around because we have no idea how long this is going to go. If we just stand there and wait for this thing to be fun or whatever, we don't know when we're going to start the game. Um, so <laughs> we have, we know no, what you do, what you do is you start the game. And if the dude's still standing out there, then whatever, whatever can happen, kick him out, do whatever you're going to do as the umpire, have there be a warning. Warn him. It is what it is. You want to be funny, funny, go too far. Don't cross the line, but don't, don't laugh about it. And then all of a sudden tell him they can't do it anymore. If he wants to go out there and have a little fun, let the kid have some fun. Okay. So that's, I, I, we've seen this, um, a few times this year already. Right. And I mean, where major league baseball promotes something that's happening, you know, whether it's a bat flip or a, uh, you know, guys jawing at each other or whatever, and kind of like putting it on their Twitter account, Instagram, whatever, and say, this happened. Basically, that's for, that's to get people's attention. That's to say, this is a, a, a big thing and important, not important, but, you know, just kind of an, an offbeat thing that might interest you. That's the idea behind those things is to draw interest, right? To promote it. They are promoting it. They to, are using whatever it is to promote the game. They're promoting promote in, in whatever, whatever that is that's happening. There's always something that is said with it too. And it's never derogatory ever. Oh, oh, I, I know. I see what you mean. When of the Twitter, yeah. when, when they put it out on Twitter and put the video out there, there's a caption that goes along with that. That's typed in by someone on major league baseball's Twitter account. And it's not negative towards what's going on. Right. Cause they would, they wouldn't do that. Now, my only thing is, and I've, I've heard a lot of people have your same, have your opinion and say, you can't, you know, promote this and, and talk, you know, show it as like a, a fun thing to draw interest and then tell them and then suspend somebody for something that happened as a result or whatever. My only thing is it's, it's not, it's not the same part of the league that are doing those two different things. It's, you, you, you know, a guy like me can be hired to, to run the Twitter account for major league baseball. And that, that's a separate, it, it's, it's part of major league baseball, but I'm not, running i'm not running all of these tweets by the commissioner or by whoever's in charge of making those decisions it, that those are those aren't the same people that are doing those things you're now, running a multi they they can come back if the if the commissioner or who is ever responsible for making those decisions and, and sending that message to david bell or for handing down suspensions for things that happen as a result of guys flipping bats or yelling after strikeouts or whatever. 
they're just, they're just not the same people that are handling those things. Now, afterward, they might come back. If they, if a suspension is handed down to Alex Blandino for doing that, because he delayed the game 30 seconds or something like that, then, then maybe the commissioner or whoever says, okay, let's, since we don't want them to do that from now on, let's make sure we don't post that as something that's going to draw interest. I, they're, they're two, I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's two separate entities that are handling. It's not a one-off thing that's happening here. This happens exactly what I mean all year during baseball. And it's the same things. It's, it's somebody jumping out of the dugout and screaming at somebody to come fight them. It's, it's somebody flipping a bat, hundreds of bat flips all the time, mm-hmm. hundreds of them all over the place. And then the same people are getting in trouble. You are one entity. It's one entity. Major League Baseball is one entity. It's a multi-billion dollar entity. If you can't get the most important marketing part of your game, which is probably Twitter and Instagram, if you can't get that in line, with, with, with the rules and, and what's coming down, then you are doing a terrible job of running your multi-billion dollar industry. When you are marketing something, a billion dollar industry is marketing their whatever they've got. They're not marketing the bad things that are happening. You don't market the things that your company doesn't want people to do. If you're doing something that your company doesn't like, they're not going to market the fact that you're doing that. Right. It, it, yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit different with sports, but um, I, 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 I agree with you that they're not going to do the, <laughs> they don't want to do the negative stuff, but it's not, it, it's like parts of, it's, it's taking part of, so I don't, I don't think they're, I don't think they're posting on Twitter or Instagram when fights, when fights happen. I think the stuff that maybe leads to fights sometimes gets posted because it's all, it's, it's the emotional stuff that gets going, that gets that stuff going. And that's interesting to people. People like seeing that stuff, but, but they're not, I, I just think it's not. If you're a 20, 23 year old kids right now, 23, 24, 25 year old kids right now, mm-hmm. their whole thing is Instagram and tweet, Twitter. That's what they live on. Right. That's like, that's, that's how you know who you are by how many followers and how many tweets have your name on them and blah, 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 blah. These major league baseball players are kids. They're 23, 24, 25, 27 years old. They Every time they have Major League Baseball tweet something out about what they did and it's got their name on it, they are going to believe that's the coolest thing in the world. Look at all these people now following me because Major League Baseball tweeted out something I did. Turns out it's a bat flip or a taunt of some kind that ends up causing all kinds of issues. And then he ends up getting fined for the same thing that they just got him for. Guess what? He doesn't care about that fine. He cares about followers because now it's all about your brand and getting your brand up. So he's got more Twitter followers now and he can start a podcast and make money off a podcast because he's got millions of followers or a, what does Trevor Bauer call him? A vlogs or whatever. And you can do all that stuff. That's what I'm telling you that it's major league baseball is the dumb old man in the room that doesn't get, that doesn't get who he's marketing to. 
I, I don't disagree. I, I think in this case, we're with Blandino and Oviedo. I understand why they said that because it's just you know they're they're strict about they're, they're strict about starting games on time. Absolutely, and they always have been, and it's. I, I, so I kind of understand once everybody's ready, especially the umpires, it's kind of their you know part that, of their job that, to keep the game. It, it is part of their job to get the game going. So get their asses off the field. Okay. Then, then <laughs> why does major league baseball need to step in and send something down to David Bell about a, well, about something so ridiculous as, as so, uh, something that happened after the national anthem. Alex Blandino actually sort of addressed that after the game when he was asked about it. He said, he said, like, I was a little nervous that the first play, the first base umpire, which is where the, the side that the Reds dugout was on, um, was going to throw me out because he kind of looked like he was getting a little irritated or like he was a little, a little intimidating, kind of mm-hmm. like looking at me or something. Um, and, but if you're an umpire, I mean, how do how you're gonna go? And this happens in basketball, I'm sure, constantly because they're constantly being berated by players and coaches. You you have to kind of give a, a certain leash extension on on, on what you allow. Yeah, and you know what it is. You're going to you, you're as a, as an umpire. I don't think you're gonna. I think you're gonna be really really careful not to throw a guy out for something like that. Exactly. I'm but, not saying to throw them out. You just said that. You said that. I mean, you I, have to do that. I'm saying that. if you have to do it, you have to do it. But what you should do, what should be done is the first base umpire, third base umpire, what home plate umpire looks at first base umpire, gives him the old get this kid out of here. First place umpire walks over, walks over to him, walks over, puts his arm on him, says real funny, ha ha, and escort him to the dugout. It's that simple. It, you, there's no reason to cause a scene about it. You just walk over to them. You're like, come on, man. It's funny. Let's go. Come on. We got to get this game on. They didn't. They did. They basically did that and caused even less of a scene than that. The, um, the umpires were going, were saying, told them like, let's go. That's okay. Okay. You're done. It's time to yeah. go. Time to get. Exactly. They, they I don't think that. the umpires did anything wrong. I think the umpires were great. I think the umpires were phenomenal. I think major league baseball is the dumbest thing in the world. The umpires took care of it. The guys were off the field. The game started on time. It might have started they, eight seconds late. Well, but but they didn't. Like they ignored the first two or three times the umpires said, let's go. They ignored it. So I think I think if I'm if I'm the office, I I have to say something to that. If if you're just if you're ignoring the umpires, you know, uh not suggestions, but the umpires demands to get off the field because it's time to play it's the same as if you know a a ball boy is standing standing up on the you know down the line or something like that or anybody if a coach comes on to comes onto the field to make a pitching change and he walks off and he stands on the you know in the sixth inning or something he just stands on the warning track in front of the dugout you're not going to start the game back until he goes in the dugout for safety reasons and that's the same thing and it, it it's I think the umpires told him, get out of here, get moving. We got to start this game. They ignored it a couple of times. And then they finally did it because they didn't want to get thrown out. <laughs> so I think if you're the, I don't know, I, I understand. I understand 
major league baseball saying something like, don't do that. We, we, you can't just ignore the umpire's orders to get off the field when it's time to start the game. To me, it's just another way major league baseball is just an old man and needs to, needs to just have some more fun. Like it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You don't need to, you know, I don't know. It's silly. I think it's all silly. I think everything about major league baseball right now. And I think the whole point of my wanting to bring this up was more of the, more of the Twitter to fines and things like that and Twitter to, to suspensions and stuff. I just feel like major league baseball has lost is, is lost in itself and doesn't know where to go. It wants to do one thing, but it feels pressure to do another and it's got to figure it out because it's getting its head kicked in from both sides now because old man baseball, why are you putting that on Twitter? You're just promoting, you know, uh, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. And then you've got young, want to have fun, you know, try to figure this thing out, try to want, want to be a baseball fan, but it's too boring. Oh man, look at that. That looks like a lot of fun. And now old man baseball made uh, Rob Manford comes down and finds him and suspends him. And now that kid's out. It's, it's, it's a lost. It's they're so lost. They are so lost. The front office of base major league baseball is so lost right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we had a work stoppage next year. If they don't, is it next year? I think is the CBA is up. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't get renewed. I wouldn't be surprised if they start fighting over all kinds of stuff. Why in God's name do you come up with all these silly rules in major league baseball for the COVID year? And the one rule that actually makes sense out of everything is the one rule you don't adapt. Half of baseball pitchers hit, half of baseball they don't. That makes zero sense. You have two rules for one sport. That's dumb. I personally, I wish they all pitchers had to hit. I like that aspect of it. But let's make it everything. Let's make everybody doing the same thing. Two, you put into effect a seven-inning doubleheader, but, but, if you complete a game, complete a perfect game or a no hitter in a seventh in through seventh inning, the history books will never believe it. You didn't have a chance to finish it, but the history books will never acknowledge that as a perfect game or a no hitter or whatever you want to call it. Figure it out, baseball, because what you're doing right now is ridiculous. And beer league softball rule of putting a runner in scoring position. But if that man scores, it doesn't count as an earned run against the pitcher. Well, then don't even put him out there. There's so many stupid things going on in baseball right now that I can't even see straight. I can tell. I can tell. You are, you are, uh, you've been consistent with your, with your, uh, disapproval of disappointment. It's disappointment. disappointment. I'm disappointed in my favorite sport. I'm disappointed. Yep. I understand that. I understand. You know, what my second favorite sport is. Basketball. Tennis. Do you, know what our Mount Rushmore, do you know what our Mount Rushmore is this this week? Yes, I do. We have a Mount Rushmore of tennis players. This is going to be fun, Chris, because neither one of us are really tennis guys, but that, that can make it kind of fun, though, you know? It can. Um, so how many people did you write down? I want to know, first off, how many people did you write down? Uh, Twelve. 12. Nice. 
Now, did you have any couple that were automatics, right? Like who was automatic? You didn't even have to look. You just wrote a name down. Um, two and a half. Okay. Two and a half okay. automatic. Um, how many, how many for you? Did you have any when you first said? There was only one automatic for me. There was only one, and it was Serena Williams. I mean, come on. She's yeah. the most dominant tennis player of her era. There was nobody that was ever even close. Yeah. Now I was a little surprised at some of the numbers when I got into uh, when I got into it. Uh, I was surprised she's only got one more Grand Slam than the next uh, most Grand Slam total holder, something like that, and way less total victories, way less total victories. So I was a little surprised at that, but um, no, no, I, uh, I I'm I, I feel pretty good about about where I, uh, I did two and two. I did two girls, two boys. Okay. How'd you do it? Who are your boys? Who are your boys? My <laughs> <laughs> boys. The boys were the hardest. The boys were the hardest. Cause I had, I wrote down three and I feel like it, I feel like, uh, I mean, I went through and started looking and, and victories and grand slams are kind of what I took as my two go-to things. And I also did a lot of whatever the internet said, <laughs> but, sure. uh, Old Roger Federer, 20 Grand Slams, 103 titles. Next on the Grand Slam list, Rafa Nadal, whatever his name is, Nadal, 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 Rafael, Rafa, Rafael, Rafa, Rafael, Nadal. It's like the Ninja Rafael Turtle. Nadal. There you go. Uh, he also had 20, has 20 Grand Slams, if I'm correct. But he only has 86 titles. Therefore, I put him down as number two. And uh, Djokovic, 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 is that his mm-hmm. name? I believe uh, would he's, – he's close. But uh, I got like a Nadal slash Djokovic. So okay. I'm going with Nadal just because he has more victories and grand slams. But that could easily change in a week it looks like because they're only a couple off of each other so i went with federer and nadal i didn't go with that old dude that's got like 400 victories what was his name rob Lowe or something like that that's the actor (laughs) rob Lowe. wow rob Lowe. what was his name help me out here what was his name literally a great tennis player um i don't know who you talk are you talking about uh i don't know i'll tell you i don't know so anyway so on the women's side, on the women's side, I, uh, I was looking at Serena, obviously, uh, Steffi Graf didn't realize that she had the second, that she was who, uh, Serena jumped for the most grand slams. She had 22 Serena's got 23. If these stats are even right that I'm looking at, um, the guy's name is Rob LaVar. This is what I was talking about. Oh, Rob okay. LaVar. Yeah. yeah. I Rob Lowe, Rob Lavar, or something like that. Anyway, yeah, but that dude here, I'll just give you his real quick because uh, Lavar, where's he at? Jamie Connors. Is this him? No. This is great, great radio. Here we go. Rob Lavar, this dude had 200 career titles, career wins. He only had 11 Grand Slams, though. Let me, let me ask but you a question. It was back 1938, so. There may not have been many grand slams. Yeah, is two hundred is two hundred a lot? 
Well, considering Roger Federer only has 103. Okay, there you go. I went totally off of wins on this, totally off of victories. So, so anyway, the, the girls, I went Serena, and then I got Steffi Graf, and then Martina Navratilova and Chris Everett. Chris Everett and Navratilova, both 18 Grand Slams, uh, pretty close in, in, in total victories. Both had more victories than Serena and Steffi Graf, but Steffi Graf, 23 and 22, or Serena, 23, Steffi Graf, 22 career Grand Slams. I'm taking Martina Navratilova and putting her up there over Steffi Graf because of the amount of total wins, and she's only a few off on the on the Grand Slams. I'm putting her there with with Serena, with Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal. Very interesting. Adam, Very interesting. What's your four? Uh, so first of all, I'll tell you, Federer, Steffi Graf in Martina Navratilova and Rafael Nadal were the first four that I wrote down that did not make my list. So you're going old school. I'm going old school. I almost always am going to do that. And I, I ran with the idea that I felt like when you said tennis, Mount Rushmore of tennis players, you specifically said your Mount Rushmore of tennis players. Uh, that is true. I did do that. So, and I, therefore, I should have put P, I should have put Andre Agassi on mine, and I should have um, John McEnroe on mine because that dude's a nutcase. So what I what I started to do when I was looking at this is I wanted to do as a joke is pick the four most attractive female tennis players ever and make them <laughs> my four and just do that. And then pretend like, I don't know what you're talking about when you make, when you say something about that, like, I don't even, I, who are you talking about? I, don't know what they look like. I chose not to do that because I was going to take too much time and they're all Russian and I can't pronounce any of their names. So um, I did go, I, I went number one, I went Andre Agassi. He was the face of tennis when we were growing up, when I first yep. found out what tennis was. He was a huge star in the 90s. And because I have Andre Agassi on there, I also have Pete Sampras on there. Pete Sampras was his biggest foe mm -hmm. and actually I think has better numbers. I think he was the – I think he probably was the best tennis player in the 90s. He had more grand slams. He didn't have more total victories. More grand slams. He only had he had he had like forty less total victories, but he also had like eleven more or eight more grand slams. Okay, so so probably one more titles, and that's what I I wrote down grand slams next to these people. But really, there are some other people on this list that have more grand slams. But I went Agassi and Sampras because that was in the nineties when we were growing up. Those were the two guys. And that was like the first exposure I had to tennis. Um, I thought about putting Martina Nevertilova there for that same reason. I, I mm -hmm. picture Martina Nevertilova, her card and uh, pictures and articles about her in Sports Illustrated for Kids is what I yep. kept thinking about. Yeah. Um, I still have uh, all of these, all of those cards that came on the perforated sheet that I got from Sports Illustrated for Kids for years and years and years. I still have all of those. I totally um, believe that. Pathetically. And uh, so I, I, I went Agassi Sampras. I went Serena because you can't just, you just can't, you can't be alive now and not put Serena Williams on a Mount Rushmore tennis. Uh, and then, so if I was a tennis, if I was a big tennis guy and I know a couple, couple people that are pretty big tennis fans, if I was a big tennis guy, 
I feel like this is the era to be alive. This has to be the best tennis era ever. Number one, you have Serena. Number two, you have between Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. Those are three of mm -hmm. the best tennis players ever, men's tennis players ever. And Imagine if they wouldn't the have been time. all playing against each other all these years. They would, they would, Federer would have 6,000 Grand Slam titles if he didn't have yeah. those other two guys. Yeah. Right. I don't know if that's a lot in tennis or not. Just, but you think said about 200 it. was Federer, a lot before. So, yeah. 6,000 sounds like a lot. Titles. 20, 20 Grand Slams for Federer, 20 Grand Slams for Nadal, 18 for Djokovic. If just one of those guys weren't in there and they each split half of the, his winnings, say Djokovic wasn't in there and they split nine apiece. They're both sitting at like 24, 25 titles. Yep. Yep. And that's more than Serena has, or that's about the same as Serena has, I think. And Serena's that's, at 23. Yeah. 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 So I went, I, I, I figured I'm going to choose one of those three guys. And I put Novak Djokovic on there only because <laughs> I have had at least four or five people tell me over the years that I look like him. That's the only reason I put him on the Mount <laughs> Uh, was Aaron Rodgers your uh, quarterback list in that case? Because you look uh, just like Aaron Rodgers. No, I didn't. I don't think I put him on there. But I, I think I was a little more serious about the about yeah, the quarterback. Think, list. Probably. Yeah, I can see a little bit. I can see a little Joker in you. I call. I uh, do they call him the Joker? Like they call? Uh, I feel like they do. Yeah. I I was a little bit. I'm a little torn because I was looking at some stuff. And I didn't realize that Pete Sampras, his nickname was Pistol Pete. I didn't know that, but I read I, that. No, that's not his nickname. No, that was somebody might have called him that one time in high school when he played <laughs> basketball for a season, and that was it. I had a hard time. Dude, Pete Sampras was the sweatiest. Pete. He was the sweatiest, hairiest tennis player ever. You know <laughs> when like guy, you know when people have like black, like stark black hair and their arm hair looks like it's thicker than the hair on their head that was that's what i think of when i think of pete sampras like the thickest eyebrows you've ever seen in your life the hairiest arms ever i think eventually he started losing some of the hair up top but oh my gosh that dude <coughs> sweating like a son of a gun is, is sampras italian is that an he's italian? gotta be well it i mean like i don't think that right? the last name i don't think is italian in in a sense Maybe it is. I don't know, but maybe he definitely mother, looks. Maybe Italian. his mother's family yeah. was Italian. Yeah, maybe maybe Mama was Italian. Yeah, yeah. Well, those were my four. I mean, I had, like I said, the you know Steffi Graf and Martina Navratilova, Federer, Nadal, and then I started writing down like Jimmy Connors was great. McEnroe was probably the most pop. He might be the most popular or well or recognized at least tennis player. Um. I wrote down like Billy Jean King, Arthur Ashe. Those are, you know, those were great players in our trendsetters. Ashe, like the first, yep. Yeah, like the first like African American star. And um, I wrote down Don Budge. Don oh, Budge. Don Budge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just yeah. that was my favorite name. So oh, nice. Went ahead and Don Budge. Down. Saw him in yeah, a I'm saw him in an all time great list. So uh, made me was laugh. He like in number seventy. In the picture, I I saw somebody had him in a top ten. Um, that I saw wow. and the picture I saw was just as funny as his name. He has like big baggy pants playing tennis and big baggy pants and a real tight shirt. It was very funny. Nice. He's from the thirties, I think. Um, 
So I just, uh, that made me laugh. So I had to write, write them down. Don Budge. If you add an, apo- if you add, uh, uh, an apostrophe T onto his first name, don't budge. Oh, I like it. Don't budge. That's exactly right. Oh, Lord. Real stupid. All right. Um, no, no comedy segment this week. So uh, we're we're pretty much uh, up and the up at the end of the up at the end of the podcast here. And, and and let me tell you, no comedy segment. But in place of that, this week, I want to tell you that now. Whenever you're listening to this, it's not going to be the case. But right now, as we're recording, happy heavenly 84th birthday to the great George Carlin. Oh man, 84th. Can it, can someone does somebody still have birthdays? Do you still celebrate birthdays after somebody's dead? Like once somebody dies, do you say today's their 84th birthday? Or do you say today is George Carlin's birthday? He died in 2000, whenever. I think you do that, but in the last year or two, really, <coughs> the first time I started hearing this, but I feel like everybody's using it all the time now. Happy heavenly birthday. Oh, heavenly what, birthday. I like that. Happy heavenly birthday. So happy heavenly birthday to Julius Caesar, who now turns 2,024 years old. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something like that. Yeah, he's yeah. he's one more year away from being able to buy uh, or to rent a car in heaven. You have to be 2025. <laughs> 2025 in heaven. Mm-hmm. So happy the birthday, George Carlin. What's that? Insurance goes down too. <laughs> insurance goes way down. It goes way down. You can rent a car. No problem on the insurance. Um, <laughs> okay. So I have to pick. So we, we're, we're going to move. We are going to move Cam Bertrand to next week. If you mm-hmm. haven't watched that yet, it's on YouTube and it's your best friend sucks. I think something like something along those yep. lines. Um, I tell you right now, I watched it. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about it. Let's we'll go till next week. I was going to say something, but I'm not. We'll just go to next week. I could have squeezed it in, man. Ah, shoot. Um, it was it was. I would have had to really squeeze it in, but I think I could have made it. I just did. It was short. It was only like 35, 40 minutes or something. It wasn't long. See, I should have done it. We started we started thinking about all these things we wanted to talk about, and I, I was like, you know, we have we could sit there and talk about stories of what's been going on in the last two weeks. We could still sit here and talk about it. We could still sit here and talk about it. Cause there's been plenty going on. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, we didn't hey, even get so- to get into LeBron James, LeBron, what LeBron James said about it, which is basically what I say about the playing tournament, but we'll get off of that. Go continue. Yep. What were you LeBron, saying? LeBron was excited about it last year and then his team is going to have to play in it this year. And so now he doesn't like it. Um, if he was just consistent like me and just hated it from the beginning, then we'd be see? all right. See, nobody would question it. Um, Mount Rushmore for next week, Chris. Tell me. I'm going to go stop me if we've done this before. I don't think we have. The Olympics are still, I'm hearing nothing about it. No, they just had uh, DK Metcalf just ran in the, was it the 40, 100 yard dash or something like that? and qualified for – I don't know if he qualified for the Olympics or if he qualified for another meet to try to make the Olympic team. Like, DK Metcalf has got a chance. And that was bringing me to another thing. I kind of wanted to talk about Tim Tebow signing a contract, but we got we got time. We got, we, Let's do we'll it. do it a different day. Let's what do you think about that. Tim Tebow? What do you think about Tim Tebow getting an invite 
to Jaguars camp. I love it. I love it. I love it, it too. I'm impressed by Tim Tebow all the time, man. That that dude is. If I was half, if I had half his mindset, I'd be in way better shape than I am. It's it's. Everybody keeps saying that. Well, he's taking a spot from you know somebody who could really try to be making the team. No, he's the last person invited to camp. The whoever the person spot he took wasn't going to make the team either. Mm-hmm. So obviously, obviously. The, the relationship with him and Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer wants him around the team, right, in some shape or form. Why would you not? Everybody that's ever played with Tim Tebow loves Tim Tebow. In the end, is he's probably going to be a coach. He's probably going to end up being some kind of coach on this team. Something like that's going to happen. But this gets him into the facilities at the start of training camp and lets him let Tim Tebow be Tim Tebow, man. This is what everybody wanted Tim Tebow to do before be tight end he didn't want to be a tight end he wanted to be a quarterback so he did his quarterback thing went to try to everybody's like he failed at becoming a major league baseball player like eh, he didn't fail at all he actually did pretty good for what two years three years whatever it was he wasn't terrible he stayed on in the Mets organization for three years he didn't like get cut right away and it wasn't because he was terrible and they just wanted to put butts in seats he just I mean, he, he, he hit the ball. He played, played well. The guy is just a freak athlete. He's just not – hasn't found what – you know, he, he's not the greatest at what he does. He's really good at a lot of things. It, it, I feel bad for him in that way. I don't think he feels bad for himself at all because he's just – that's his – his mindset is so pure he's and blessed so to, to have the, he's, he's blessed to have the opportunity to be able to do the things he's been able to do. Yeah. And, and I sit here and just complain all day long about how much I don't like my job as I'm doing it. And he's like happy for every, uh, everything. <laughs> now, you know, he's, he's playing professional sports, but um, yeah, no, I, I, th- that guy is so impressive, man. And, and I, I agree with you. I was going to say that, like, I think it's a little underrated how well he did <laughs> for not playing baseball since he was in high school or whatever. Yep. And to play, to he he actually kind of held his own there. And uh, if he was if he would have started that a little earlier, he might have actually made it. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he was he's he's a world class athlete. He he just you're right. He just maybe hasn't found that perfect fit yet. And now he's you know I don't know what he is thirty something maybe early thirties. Yeah. So I mean I don't know how much time he's going to have left to make a professional sports team as something else that he's not done before, but he's probably as knowledgeable about football as anybody in the game. So it's not like he's going to have to learn how to play tight end. Really. I'm sure he knows a ton about it. Um, it's not, you know, so he, he's not coming in. He's not a guy who played baseball his whole life and just kind of wants to take a chance at football. This is a football guy. <laughs> who's been around the game since he left it too. He's been, he's been he's an, still an working for ESPN. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, yeah, man, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him. I hope he makes the team. I don't think it's too far fetched. And if he does, it's not, he's not taking a spot from another guy. He's going to earn his way onto that. If he makes that team, he's going to earn his way onto it. They're not giving. He's him not gonna, I don't think he's going to make the team. I think that urban wants him to help. I, I think he's going to end up being a coach on this team somehow in some capacity. 
I don't think Urban's got a spot for him right now, but I think there will be something. They're going to get him in that in that building all the time. Him and Urban, they just they they moved right th- when he moved into ja- when Urban moved to Jacksonville, he moved right down the street from Tim Tebow. Like there is oh, the- close as you can be, yeah. yeah, which is fine. That's a good thing. It is a good. There's thing. Nothing wrong with that. A, a good strong relationship and friendship between a coach and a player. And well, the he's letting him, that's a, that's all politics. There you go, all politics. He's going to get an invite just because he knows somebody. Well, he's getting an invite because the dude's really a good athlete. And maybe uh, and a little a because weird, he knows somebody, but and so, maybe that's the because way it he works. knows somebody, it is the way it works, man. You know what, world, get over it because if you're going to be upset about the politics in sports, in work, in anything if you're going to be upset about that then you're going to be upset for the rest of your life if you're the best of the best you're going to make it in whatever you're doing if you're middle of the road or below that and somebody has to choose between you or somebody they know and you guys are about even guess what that dude's going to make it he the dude that they know is going to make it. it just is what it is Sorry about your luck. And I and I think you're right on the nose there. Just having him in the facility, around the team, around other players, the, the positive energy that comes off of that guy all the time, you want that in your life, in everybody you know's life. I mean, that's important to have people like him. He's on like another plane. He, he's on a high level of having that just, just motivation and being – you know, thankful, you know, being thankful for opportunities and and just having that positive mindset all the Mm -hmm. time. Something that (laughs) I don't necessarily have naturally, but I I (laughs) seek out people like that because I know it's good to be around people like that. It's you, you get the rays of energy off of those people and it it makes you feel good. And it kind of helps, helps balance you out a little bit. Um, So I agree with you. Good thing for Tim Tebow. Um, Absolutely. That's, it. that's all I got. That's all I had on that. I just wanted to get your take on it. Yep. That being said, what's our Mount Rushmore for next week? Mount Rushmore is going to be Olympic sports. So I'm not talking and forget about basketball. Okay. Of course, that's my favorite. That's the only sport I watch in the Olympics, but basketball doesn't count. Man, that sucks. Seriously, that's the only Olympic sport you watch. Yeah, I don't care about the Olympics. Um, you know how much I love the Olympics. I know, and I thought, I thought, okay, this is going to be Chris is going to like this one. I think. Oh so, yeah. The, the things like you know, in baseball, I, do they even have baseball in the Olympics anymore? I don't know. It's been sure. in and out. I don't think it is. So those the main sports like that, those don't count. I'm talking your favorite sports to watch in the Olympics, sports that you probably don't normally watch throughout the year for the three years in between or whatever. So no golf, no basketball. Uh, yeah. I would say golf. No, no golf. Yeah. You watch, you're you looking, watch you're looking time. for track and field gymnastics. Um, are we doing winter sports as well or just I, I summer sports? Just, I was just thinking that um, I'm going to say any, I'm going to say winter or summer. Oh my God. Pick your four favorite, Dude. your four favorite. Can we split it up? Can we do summer and then like somewhere down the line do winter? I'll do, I want to do winter next week. 
I want to do, do summer, summer and then winter. Summer this week, winter next week. Summer is mine for this week. Winter is yours for next week. Perfect. All right. That's what we'll do. Because I that's too many. That's too many. If you want me to try to decide between um, – and, and is track and field one, or do I got to choose, like, the 40-yard dash or – and are we just saying track and field? I See, that's tough because I, I feel like you might – think you know you might not care much about shot put but you love discus so mm-hmm. in that case i think yeah you split them up if you love the if you love the relay if you don't care about one guy sprinting 50 yards but you love the the four-man relay however long that is yeah individual individual events is fine individual events is fine and so we're doing summer this week and then we'll do winter. Sorry, I had to search. I had to ask Siri to search for me uh, what this was called. Here it is, like the biathlon. Like if you, if I got to choose between biathlon. the biathlon and something else, which is where they have to like cross country ski and then every once in a while grab yeah, a shoot, rifle pigeons. and yeah, shoot yeah, yeah. at a target or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, not skeet shooting, but ski shooting. Oh, ski! Ooh, <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good. Oh my goodness. See, this is going to make me get into a hole, but like, oh man, this is going to be fun. This is going to be tough. I'm going to write down 400 different sports and I'm going to have to figure this out. All right. I'm excited about this one. I'm going to have to look up. I don't know which sports are in which Olympics. I know basketball is in the summer Olympics. That's the only thing I know. So I'm going to have to look this up. I'm going to have to spend some time on this one. All right. That sounds good to me. All right, so we got winter or we got summer Olympic Mount Rushmore, sports Mount Rushmore. We've got Cam Bertrand, uh, my friend sucks. We will have uh, playing games mm-hmm. to talk about next week um, for the NBA. We'll have some more. I'm sure Major League Baseball will do something stupid again or be mm-hmm. hypocritic, hypocritical of some type over the tweet box and, and what they actually do. Um, you know, you and I did not discuss the latest Amir Garrett saga. I, don't, I have nothing to talk about Amir Garrett. We're not going to do that now. I have nothing to talk about Amir Garrett. I'm good. I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> what is, I don't even know what the newest is. What, what happened? In between our last podcast was the whole thing with Anthony Rizzo and the, the fight and, uh, Oh, the bias suspended. Yeah, yeah bias came the out whole, and all that. Kind whole, of stuff. Now, now the whole thing about that, you know how I feel about Amir Garrett. I'm not going to get into that because pitch. Okay, learn how to pitch first, then do your thing. If you are getting suspended for inciting, what's the word? Uh, inciting a benches clearing brawl. How is jumping over the railing and running towards the running onto the field? not inciting a benches clearing brawl that is but is that just to play that it's not you you were the only person that did it the whole team didn't get up and run out there well they you did were the one that. that did it well they did after it because he but, incited them to go out there but they both did shouldn't they both though shouldn't they both get that i totally agree that one of them that that i'm i'm you know how i feel hey i'm good if you're going to do it get him but i feel like both of them should probably be in trouble for that I'm I'm good if if Baez got suspended for, for at all, I I would totally get that. But I mean, but, but if it, it, with him not being suspended, 
for me, yeah, I, I was surprised that he didn't get suspended since he was the first one that came out. But for me, the inciting was the talking trash directly at the guy and putting your hands out like this and saying, come get me if you're going to come out and get me. That's inciting. Then the benches clearing brawl started with Baez coming out to me. The benches clearing brawl, nothing would have happened. It would have been Amir Garrett doing his thing. and He would have got suspended for the doing all that because they're looking at Amir Garrett every time. He's got a Vontez Burfick bullseye on his back, which is totally his fault. Yeah, no question. If Baez stays in there, nothing happens. Baez jumps out and goes out on the field. Now the bench is clear. I feel like mm-hmm. Baez should be should have gotten something for that as well. That's all I feel about that. I don't want to get into that though because yeah. I, Amir Garrett's got me in a <laughs> mindset right now that I just don't understand. I love Amir Garrett. Mm-hmm. I love energy on a baseball diamond. I love people that have energy when they're out there playing. When I'm playing or coaching, I'm constantly there. There should always be fun energy going. Not that's not good energy. That's bad that's energy, bad, dog. Bad energy. Bad energy. Hey, let's get the wheat grass out, set it on fire, and uh, it's not wheat grass, is it? What do they? What do they do? The sage, sage. sage. Yeah, you know, we got good energy. Good we need Kyrie. What is, what is? We need Kyrie right. to circle the, right. the locker, the the clubhouse, and, and do some sage burning. What does uh, uh, Auno Suarez say before every Zoom Zoom press conference? Oh, good uh, vibes only, good baby. Vibes good only. vibes only. <laughs> yeah, he needs to talk um, to Amir a little bit more. Yeah, well, I gotta. Yeah. Anyway, all right. That being said, I am. Uh, I'm totally good with that. We've got summer Olympic sports on the Mount Rushmore. We've got Cam Bertram. We've got playing games. We'll have more baseball. Uh, we'll. We should have a pretty decent uh, podcast coming up next week. I'm pretty excited. Plus, of course, walking stories with Crack a Thug, which has become my new segment of the podcast. Um, I can't wait to hear if anybody's got a half star that you walk across, uh, for, for watching little kids on that note, don't forget to turn your headlights on.